was chosen by God. He was given supernatural strength and power, which he used and abused. He stood up for his people. However, he made many bad choices. feel so energized. Woo! This message, by the way, is also for women. Even though our main character, Samson, was a man. And wow, this is loud. It's heavy, by the way. <laughs> so I hope, I'm, I'm talking more to the man, because this is a man's topic, and it's the main character of the story is a man. But women, listen closely as well, because I think you're going to learn a lot about men tonight in this place. Today's topic is called Small Steps, Big Destruction. And uh, I want to give you a little bit of a backstory of this frustrating character of Samson. We were talking about him the last two weeks. And we were seeing that Samson was called by God. He was a Nazarite. He was called by God. He was set apart from birth. And that meant he was not allowed to drink alcohol. He was not allowed to cut his hair. He was a little bit more looking like a Rastafari type of guy, I would assume, with a hipster beard at the same time, so he would totally fit into our scenery today. He was not allowed to touch or eat from anything unclean, a dead animal or something like that. He was not allowed, as every Israelite person, to um, marry or be together with a woman from another tribe. All this said and ha had been said, what he did is he basically broke all his vows. And we were seeing that in the last two weeks. His call was to help deliver his own people, the Israelites, from the oppressing hands of the Philistines. The Philistines were the enemies and they were trying to oppress the Israelites. And his was, that was his call. And for that reason he was set apart and he was given supernatural power from God. And famous theologians are arguing of how he looked like. He had supernatural power from God. Andreas Pantli, two weeks ago, he was giving us some pictures like this. He was so strong, and that's true. He ripped a, a lion apart just with his hand. He was probably looking like a Mr. Universe. But last week, we saw another theologian arguing. His name was Nick Legler. He maybe looked a little bit more like Asterix. Having supernatural power from God means he was probably not looking like a supernatural strong guy. I don't know, but he was probably, I think he was something in between. Maybe not an asterisk, maybe not a superman, but something in between. But what we heard in the last two weeks, he was an incredible strong man with a dangerously weak will. And that weak will brought him to fall where he basically broke all of his vows and he brought himself and the people of Israelites into lots of trouble. Last week when Nick was preaching, we saw that he became public enemy number one. Because out of revenge, out of his evo uh, emotion, out of anger, he killed with the jawbone of a donkey 1,000 Philistine soldiers. And if you don't believe it, listen to the message last week. It was worth it. It was a great, great story. But for that reason, he felt, now I am in bad trouble. I have 
an enemy. I am actually public enemy number one. All the Philistines are against me. So what he did, he's, he ran into the desert to hide himself from the enemy. And it was hot. You cannot, you cannot imagine right now, but it was hot. It was in the desert. He was thirsty. And in this moment, he was thinking, wow, I actually, yeah, I have a God and I could cry out to him. So he cried out to God in the desert and said, please, Give me something to drink. I'm about uh, to die here in the desert. And we pick up the story from here in Judges 15, verse 19. Then God opened up the hollow place in Lehi and water came out of it. When Samson drank, his strength returned and he revived. So the spring was called Enhakore, or however. And it is still there in Lehi. Samson led Israel for 20 years in the days of the Philistines. After all the mess where we were looking at the two weeks, the last two weeks he brought himself into, after all the vows he was breaking, after all the bad stuff he was experiencing and doing, first, it's the first time where we have some good news about this character. He got re-energized, revived as he cried out to God and he turned back to God. And then you can almost overread that and think Samson was a messed up guy. But here you see, and you read, he was a judge, he was a leader of his country for 20 years. I mean, I am in ministry for about 10 years. It feels like a long time, and I hope I have many, many years ahead of me. But 20 years he was leading the people of Israel. And they more or less they were being again in freedom, in, in good, in peace, with the Philistines. But at the end of the message, we, of this message, we will see something changed, something happened. I don't know if he, after the, in the 20 years, probably he covered all of his problems and they come back to the surface because at the end of this message, we will find out that this God-ordained man with so much potential, the leader of the Israelites, he was a laughing stack for, stock for the enemies. His eyes were gouged out and he was just making fun of or the people of the Philistines. So you can ask yourself, how in the world did Samson, from being this great leader of Israel for 20 years, to eyes gouged out and being a laughing stock in front of his enemies, how did that happen? I'll tell you the answer. Samson didn't ruin his life all at once. He ruined it one step at a time. One step at a time. It's the same way how I actually we can also mess up our lives. Um, Judges 16, and there we're gonna dive into that story now. Verse 1, it says, One day, one day, Samson went to Gaza where he saw a prostitute. Now hold on a second. 20 years of being a leader again, of Seeming, seems that he overcame all of his problems of lust, women, pride and anger and emotions, revenge, all of that stuff. All of a sudden, one day, he went to Gaza. How did that happen? We continue to read. He went in to spend, he did it. He went in to spend the night with her. And there again, the people of Gaza were told, Samson is here. He is here. Public enemy number one is here. So they surrounded the place and lay in wait for him all night at the city gate. They made no move during the night saying, at dawn, we'll kill him. 
So to make my point now, I need to have a little bit of a special effect here in this room right now, and I need to play with me. I need to close your, I need you to close your eyes for a second. I won't do anything bad. I, won't, I don't have water or any kind of bad stuff. Just bear with me, otherwise the special effect won't work right now, okay? Close, the, clo close your eyes, and I count down from 10 to 0, and then there's a great special effect, okay? So close your eyes. And still, yeah, mm, yeah. <laughs> 10, 9. Eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. You can open up your eyes again. Oops! Where am I? Wow, what a special effect. I am in Gaza. All of a sudden, I'm in Gaza. Oops, one day I saw a prostitute and I went in there and all of a sudden I'm in Gaza. How did that happen? Oops. I opened up my eyes and then I was in Gaza, right? I brought you a little map. Gaza was actually 40 kilometers away from his hometown, Zora. Zora is his hometown. You see that um, right in the middle of this card between Israel and Judah, there's Zora. And then Gaza is all the way down there on the left. The capital of the Philistines. This was the capital of the enemy. Since I'm a pastor, I only work one day a week, Sunday. It's only almost half a day because there's only one celebration I get to preach. Huh? So I have a whole lot of time during the week to sit at my desk and finding out, for example, how many steps are 40 kilometers. So this is what I did all week long, since I don't have any, anything else to do. <laughs> so I did the math and I found out with an average size of probably like 71 centimeters step of a man, average size of a step, it will be like 56,250 steps. That's what I do during the week, just to give you an information what being a pastor at ICF means. <laughs> 56,250 steps. Whoops, I'm in Gaza. How did that happen? Obviously, it did not happen like this. I want to explain you a little bit more how that happened. Because 56,250 steps is actually a long way. 40 kilometers is a marathon. If you are very fast as Ryan, you can make it in, I don't know, two and a half hours, world record, I have no idea, less than two hours. How did that happen? He took one step at a time. 56,250 opportunities to say, this is stupid, I need to turn away, I need to turn back. How do we mess up our lives? How did Samson mess up our lives? His life one step at a time. I mean, I don't know any guy here in this room, to be honest, in the whole planet, who would say, in 10 years it's my goal that I am known as a sexual pervert, addicted to porn, ruined my marriage, my children think I am a failure, and then I open up my eyes and it was happened like this. Now it happens one step at a time. It happens with this one little internet ad. You click on, click, one step. Then you see something beautiful. Oh, click, 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 click. Woo, wow, click, 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 click. And all of a sudden, a whole lot of steps towards Gaza. I don't know any person here and on the whole planet Earth who would say in five years, it is my goal to have a couple of hundred thousand 
dollars of debt of francs, because francs are better than dollars. <laughs> so I wait five years and then, boops, I have a couple of hundred thousand of francs of debt. No, it happens one step at a time. You have this urge because there's this nice new flat screen your neighbor has and you need it as well. So you buy it. And then there is a new bike what you need. There's some new clothes you need. There's all kinds of stuff. There's a car because you have a used car and your neighbor has a new car. You put it on credit a little bit, you know, and then you buy a boat and then you buy, oops, another car. How did that happen? And then all of a sudden you feel, wow, I have in debt. What should I do? I should probably start my own business. I should quit my job and invest in myself, in my business. I don't have the money to invest in myself, but at the end it will be a great return on invest. So, I invest in my own company and step by step by step, you find yourself in all this debt. Wow, that rhymes. <laughs> Just made it up. You there would be no person in this room or on whole planet Earth who would say, my wife loves me, I love my wife, my children love me, why don't I mess up everything with a little bit of an affair? And you open up your eyes and wow, there's Gaza and it happened. No, that's not how it's happened. You feel a little distance maybe from your wife. And then there's this beautiful girl in your office, in your job. One step. And you have a little bit of a flirty, 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 flirty. A couple of other steps. Lunch, another step. And all of a sudden, you turn away from where you should be and turn towards where you should not be. This problem actually works for women as well. Same thing. Maybe you feel distant to your husband. I have to start here again, huh? You feel distant from your husband. And he doesn't listen as he used to listen to you. And your body actually also doesn't feel and look how it used to look and feel. So you enter and join that gym. Nothing bad, huh? But there's this cute trainer who shows you how to do the movements and he touches you in your back just because of technically he, he should show you how to do the movement and he touches here a little bit and it feels cool and all of a sudden there's this great chemistry between you and the trainer going on and you have a little coffee in the gym and maybe you have a little date afterwards and all of a sudden step by step by step you move towards Gaza. You know what I'm talking about? This is how Samson messed up his life step by step by step. We need to rewind a little and we're going to go forward in the story because I think Samson took small steps towards big destruction, but let's look how his steps look like. What mistakes, what steps did he actually take? I think one of the mistakes he did is he taunted his enemy. He teased his enemy. He was playing with his enemy. We're going to go back to the story where he saw this prostitute. But Samson lay there only until the middle of the night. Then he got up and took hold of the doors of the city gate. Watch what he's doing now. Together with the two posts and tore them loose with his supernatural strengths. Bar and all. He lifted them to his shoulders, the two doors, and carried them to the top of the hill that faces Hebron. So what is he doing? He is destroying the main entrance of the capital of the enemy. One door approximately had about 350 kilos. He was definitely strong. But what he did, he was flipping off the Philistines. He was taunting them. He was destroying their security. 
by destroying the city gate doors. And as men and as women, I think we often underestimate the enemy. I don't want to talk, I don't want to get you into fear right now, but you definitely have an enemy in your life. It says in the Bible, Bible Satan, the enemy, he's roaring like a lion, looking for someone he can devour. That's his tactic, that's his goal. You have an enemy in your life who actually wants to destroy you. Not just a little bit, you know, not just a little bit, some hurt or some, uh, some little bit of a damage. He is looking for people he can destroy. That's his goal. So what do you do? Don't taunt your enemy. Don't put yourself into situations where you can walk towards Gaza. What does that mean for other men, for example? What I do, I love to go to the movies. Sometimes I go even with my small group to the movies. I like action movies, but you know what? Every good Hollywood action movie has a sex scene. So what I normally do is, I just close my eyes when it starts. I don't want to watch stuff I, don't I, I shouldn't watch. I have a good friend, his friend. I have a friend, his, his friend, yeah. I have a good friend, and his friend, when they go to the movies, he even says to my good friend, whenever a sex scene starts in that action movie, I close my eyes and I shut my ears, and when it's over, please tell me again. Now you laugh, and maybe you think, oh, that's so weak. I don't think it's weak, I think it's smart. At the end of the day, it's smart. It's smart to not taunt the enemy. It's smart to not take little steps towards your Gaza. Maybe you're in a partnership and your girlfriend or your boyfriend works for both genders, says, it's so nice, why don't you stay a little longer? Why don't you stay overnight? Don't put yourself into situations where you're taunting the enemy. If you're on a business trip, and it's getting late and everybody leaves the bar except your colleague and she says, why don't we have another drink? Run, Forrest, run. <laughs> don't taunt the enemy, it's stupid. Maybe you think it's weak, but I think it's stupid. Paul even says the same thing. He says, so if you think you are standing firm, be careful that you don't fall. Everybody has the potential to take some wrong steps towards Gaza. Everybody, every man, if you are a real man and you like women, likes women. So basically everybody has temptations and not, that's not the problem to have a temptation. That's not the bad thing if you, if, if you have a thought or if you look whoa, and you open up your eyes and all of a sudden it's spring again and there's all these great looking women. That's not the problem. I mean that's their problem, huh? but how they dress. But it's not your problem. It's the problem is what do you do with it? Do you walk along? Do you go along with it? So that's what Samson did. He taunted the enemy. What else did he do? And now the story is getting a little bit bad because uh, what he did is he rationalized the same old sin. Sometime later, Judges 16 verse 4, he fell in love with another woman. A woman in the valley of Sorek whose name was Delilah. Hey there, Delilah. Da, 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 da. You know that song? I don't know if it's from the Samson story, but it's, it's, a, it's a beautiful name. But... Um, it's not a great character here in this story. For the third time, Samson did what he actually was not allowed to do. For the third time, he got together with a woman from another tribe that God didn't want to mix that up. And he knew that. 
But he's probably thought, it's no big deal, you know, I'm just looking, I'm just having a great conversation, flirty, 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 flirty. I'm a strong man, probably I have a six pack, otherwise I do the asterisk trick and then she's pretty impressed with me. That's what he did. He rationalized the same old thing. Verse 5, the rulers of the Philistines went to Delilah and said, see if you can lure him into showing you the secret of his great strength and how he can, we can overpower him so we may tie him up and subdue him. He was still public enemy, remember? And he was in enemy territorium. So to make a long story short, you can read it in Judges 16. I don't want to read all the verses. What he did is he was together with Delilah and she was asking him, what's the secret of your power, Samson? And he basically lied and played a little game with her. He said, yeah, you need to tie me up with these new ropes. And then he said something else and something else. So she did. And then she said, Samson, the Philistines are coming. And what he did is then, da, 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 da. I lied to you. It was not the secret power. So he was untied again. And she was oh, frustrated with him. And then comes the tipping point, verse 15. Now I'm talking to the woman because then she said to him, how can you say I love you when you won't confide in me? This is the third time you have made a fool of me and haven't told me the secret of your great strength. Now, man, if you are convicted about all this stuff with the steps, this verse is for you, all the ladies in the house. You read with such nagging. She prodded him day after day until he was sick to death of it. Samson was strong enough to kill 1,000 people, soldiers, armed soldiers with the jawbone of a donkey, but he was not strong enough to lead a woman. I'm still talking to the man. Hopefully, women, you are also feeling a little bit, don't nag. <laughs> still talking to the man. He was not strong enough to lead a woman. So here's some preaching for you, little man, gentlemen, don't you dare be only strong enough in your business world and not have enough power for your family. Take time for your children. Take time for your spouse and be a strong leader in your family as well. I'm preaching to myself as well. We're all in the same boat, but we need to hear that, right? Some people are still unsure, some not. So he told her everything. No razor has ever been used on my head, she said. Uh, he said, because I have been a Nazarite. He told his secret, dedicated to God from a mother's womb. If my head were shaved, my strength would leave me and I would become as weak as any other man. And that's what happened. Having put him to sleep on her lap, she called a man again for the fourth time now. And she called him to shave off the seven braids of his hair and so began to subdue him. And his strength left him. Samson assumed his disobedience would never cost him anything. She called, then she called, Samson, the Philistines are upon you. And what he thought, huh? he woke from his sleep and thought, well, I go out as before and shake myself free as always. But he did not know, and this is a sad story now, he did not know that the Lord had left him. He thought, I can get away with everything. I am irresistible. I am Samson. And he forgot what the secret power was. It was given from God. And he was prideful. He was thinking he was Superman, irresistible. Ah, I can handle it, you know. I want this flat screen. I deserve it. I'm working hard for it. 
I can deal with little debts, you know. This is how it all starts. And he was thinking his disobedience would never cost him anything. What happened? Then the Philistines seized him, gouged out his eyes, and took him down to Gaza again. Binding him with bronze shackles, they set him to grinding in the prison. This is so devastating. He was the leader of the Israelites. Now his eyes gouged out and he was, it says, he was grinding in prison. He was set to grind corn. He was walking in circles like a donkey. Grinding corn. Such a sad story. Samson didn't ruin his life all at once. He ruined it one step at a time. Where are you going? I want to have a moment of truth now with you. Because I don't know about you. I don't know how your life looks like. I don't know where you are in your thoughts. I don't know where you're stepping towards. I have not a clue what your Gaza is. Maybe it's something totally different than what we just were covering the whole topic. Maybe it's something else. But I want to ask you, where are you stepping away from God? Where are you stepping away from God? You are made for so much more. Samson almost realized it when he was saying to Delilah, this is the power of my strength. I, I, when I read this, it appears maybe he was for a short moment thinking what he was designed to do. But he was playing with the enemy. He was playing and he was prideful and he thought, I can do whatever I want. Maybe there's people here right now who, who, have, who, who need a moment where you need to rethink what you are actually called to be for. You are called for so much more than just satisfy your own needs. You're called to make a difference for God. There's a calling on your life. But we are all in danger of stepping towards our own Gaza, right? We're all in danger of it. The problem is not the temptation. The problem is one step at a time. Where are you stepping away from God? What is your Gaza? My message in one sentence is, and this is good news, if you are stepping towards Gaza, if you are stepping away from God, step by step by step by step into the darkness, into a dark place where you don't even see yourself anymore. The only thing you need to do is turn around. Just turn around. This is how easy as it is. Turn around and take steps back and experience that there's always a loving father waiting with open arms for you to embrace you, to touch you, to heal you, to set you free, to do whatever needs to be done, that you are in the right path and the right track with your God again. Samson was publicly shamed. But God, I think, put one verse that showed his grace and his love. The next verse, after we read that his eyes were gouged out, we read, but the hair on his head began to grow again after it had been shaved. Now this is some good preaching here. Even though he messed everything up, 
He made all the, he destroyed all the vows. He broke all the vows he was to do. He was a Nazarite called, set apart from God. He messed everything up. But what did God do? He is so graceful. He is so loving. He let the power of his strength come back, even though he messed it all up. This is our God, ladies and gentlemen. This is what we need. So why don't we have a moment of truth and I would like to pray with you. Next week we're going to see, although a man called Samson was down, he is not out. The story is going to continue. Although maybe you feel down, although maybe you had some, took some wrong steps into the wrong direction, you will not be out because there is always a graceful, loving God desperately wanting to have you in his arms again. And the only thing you can do and the only thing you need to do is turn around and step back to him. So why don't we all close our eyes and we're going to have a moment of prayer right now. Let's close our eyes and bow our heads for a moment and I want to really give you an opportunity to make a decision. Maybe you turned away. Maybe you took some steps. Maybe you're on step number one. Maybe you're already on step number 56,245. Let me tell you, there's always a chance to turn back. There's always a chance to turn around. And if you feel you're, you, you have been stepping away from God and you want to make a decision now to turn around, I want you to lift up your arms. I don't know which area it is in your life, but I want you to have a physical, with our eyes closed and our heads bowed, a physical, a moment of truth. Show me your hand. I don't know what it is. I see your hand. I think there's more people here. Yes. I see your hands. This is a moment of truth. This is a moment of repentance. This is a moment where you turn back from God. Maybe there's more people who want to make a decision. Maybe there's a totally different area of your life that we haven't covered today, but you want to step back from God. Raise up your hand to the heavens and raise up your hand to God and say, I turned away, but I want to come back. Jesus, you see all these people here wanting to turn around again. We are here. We want to repent and we want to say, please, God, forgive me. Forgive me for turning away from you. Forgive me for making the wrong choices, for taking wrong steps. I want to turn around and I want to turn back to you, Jesus. Give me the strength to overcome. Give me the power. Give me your love. Embrace me. Cover me with your love, with your waves of mercy, with your, with your strength. Renew me. I want, to, I want to be different. I want to turn away from my Gaza and I want to turn to you, Jesus. You made it all happen, Jesus, on the cross. And I thank you for that.